<laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Finding Your Realm. As you guys know, we focus our podcast, one, on business, being a boss, but we're really focused about self-care. What does it mean when you have to take care of yourself as you're navigating your, your next deal, your next contract, or maybe just the next um, growth stage in your life? Today, we are so, so happy to have Christian Brown, the CMO of Gluey. Uh, if you haven't heard of Gluey, you need to hear and do some research. It's G-L-E-W-E-E. -E -E. And I'll give you a little bit of a background on Christian and I'll let him dive in. Um, I met Christian, I think earlier in 2022, he was excitedly telling me about Gluey and how they were going to revolutionize and change everything about the way that brands and creators were, you know, melding together to create real-time uh, campaigns that were actionable, that were paid, and that yielded results. And it's December 14th of 2022, and they've done that. And it's just so incredible to be sitting here with him again and, you know, to, to experience the entire breadth of like the last couple of months of their journey. And I wanted him to join us because they've been growing at a hyperbolic rate. And I'm always curious how a person with such a large task ahead of them manages to deliver on all this promise, not just to like friends, family and so on and so forth, but also to themselves. So Christian, I would love it if you could kind of give an overview of yourself, how you got to this point, and then we can dive into more questions. Awesome, yeah, thank you very much for having me. Hello to all, uh, that was a fantastic intro. It was very well said, and I mean, it kind of like gave me a little nice butterfly in my stomach when you said hyperbolic rates, because sometimes we kind of forget, kind of, you know, in the motion of things, it's kind of hard to like see, oh my gosh, we're actually growing and moving and all that stuff, so thank you for that. Um, yeah, background of myself. So Christian Brown, I'm 24. I grew up in Massachusetts in the, like a little cute little small town on the North Shore um, near Salem, Massachusetts, for anyone that's familiar with that area. I was like, always very, very, very into like everything computer based, right? So like growing up, I was so only child, um, played sports in high school, wasn't like the most into sports. I was always into like art, design, kind of everything like self-expression based. And so luckily, like my middle school, my high school, they had like really cool programs. Was, my high school was the first time I got to use a 28 inch iMac. Um, and I remember like the first day I ever like would go into the art room if I had free time and like open up Photoshop and I'd have like one computer with Photoshop, one computer. So this is like, I'm like 14, one computer with like how to do this, how to do that. And so like that was like a real, real beginning. And so like with that, during that era, I was like really driven by like communication um, and connection, right? And so like being an only child and that really plays into it because I would go home at night and it's like, okay, cool, maybe play Xbox or something with my friends. But beyond that, it's like, how am I gonna express beyond the daily life? And so like my high school culture was pretty like cut and dry. It was like black and white, you played sports, you were cool with this, you like doing that, you go to a good college, you go off, you work in finance, you, you know, go begin your life. And so I always like saw that clear sight and I was like, well, there's so much more to it to build on top of like that dream that I had built. And so with that, going back to connection and that interest for more, I think like that was a big word for me was more. So I, I really turned to the internet and like all of social, this is in the days of Tumblr and like Facebook. Uh, and so I would just like add everyone I knew on Facebook and like chat with everyone like right after the AIM days. And then I built my Tumblr blog and Tumblr was way more image video gift focused. And so that allowed me to open the door to like web dev and like, being real creative. And so everyone had a website and then you had the back end and all this fun stuff. And so it was like, okay, I want to have my blog and I want to be able to write and I want to be able to post images that I make, whether it's in Photoshop or taking photos on my like beginning point and shoots or my DSLRs and all that fun stuff. And so like that really like was my foundation for opening that door beyond that hometown I had. And so with that, I think that like the internet was a big driving force and everything that like made me me in those early early stages. And so friends that I made through the internet, like I had th those were closer friends sometimes than I had, you know, at school or in real life because I had like shared all these like fun moments of creativity with them. And it was that first time that I got to self-express in a digital form in this like social native space that later turned into Instagram. Instagram played a very like pivotal role in everything I've done. And so building a following on there, expressing myself, sharing just like moments and experiences and meeting friends. And that went from like people in Boston and Massachusetts to like making, meeting, 
people in New York and then like spending a lot of time in New York City and then from there meeting kids from LA and then spending a lot of time just like traveling around and like meeting people in real life that I knew online. And like, that was so special to me when I was like 16, 17, 18. It's like, oh my gosh, there's so many people out there that I really, really relate to. And like that share a lot of common interest and just things that we all liked and shared and loved, whether it was clothing or whether it was building stuff on our computers. So I know it was really, really fun. That allowed me to then spend a lot of time over in London, Europe, um, working with different creators that transpired into me starting my own brand, which is like an online collective of like everything that I could come up with in my brain, whether it's physical products, uh, immense amounts of writing in short form, long form, just like self-share and i think that a lot of people really liked that and resonated with that and people would really reach out and be like hey like i want to write i want to do this i want to do that and i was like oh cool like you know just do it right just do it just go for it right like start right now and do it that was a big motto for me was like more 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 do more create more express more post more and like that really was my foundation i think at like age 18 uh upon moving to chicago for university was like, that's really where my head was at, was like more and more and more from this point and onwards. And so I kept that with me. I kept social on my side. Literally all my friends, right, are, like, are from the internet. The majority of people, whether it's those I live with or have lived with or have traveled around the world with, like I either met them online or I met them through friends of friends. And like that really opened the door to like everyone else that existed in different circles that I always like inspired or, or like had interest in being in or being a part of beyond like that small hometown that I once came from. So, you know, with that said, it, it sounds like to me that you use the internet as like that window to the world for yourself. You started mm -hmm. developing all of these friends just in, in like different communities, one online, then transferring that online community to in person. And then mm -hmm. you get to a place where you, I think in the last 10 years, we have like two things that really like changed in the internet. There is the world pre-influencer, pre-creators, and the world post, mm -hmm. right? Where there's like there's a defined title and term for it. So like you were kind of growing up in the space just in that pre and then the post. And then yeah. you get to like you get to already have a large community around you, but there's no platform for you guys. Is that correct? Yeah, in a sense, like I think that it was more on the tail end of pre. Uh, and so like in the era of like the beginning stages of Instagram, like back in the day, like my first post, I just had like over the summer on July 22nd was like the 10 year anniversary of the day I made my Instagram and made my first post. I remember making it like on my little iPhone. It was like the iPhone 5 this big. And I like took a picture, funny enough, of like a Supreme hat. I'm actually wearing a Supreme crew neck right now. Like I took a picture of the inside of the Supreme hat because I thought it was so cool. And I posted the tag and I was like, oh my God, first post. And so that was like 10 years ago. And so like in this time over those few beginning years was when people started to like the, the concept of followers came out because uh, followers were not a thing in MySpace. It was kind of a thing on Tumblr. It was more notes and, and repost, reblog oriented followers came out on Instagram. And so like that era and that like world that we lived in, a lot of my friends and just people around me were like good at building a community for themselves and a brand identity. And so that's where followers came in. And like out of nowhere, everyone I knew had like, whether it's a hundred thousand followers, 20,000 followers, 50,000 or like a million. And so like, I was definitely, I got to watch the first ever people. YouTube had subscribers, but it's a little different in photo form because like, you don't really know, you know, people on YouTube, you watch them, you listen to them, you see their mannerisms, et cetera. Instagram was way more like presentation, best of the best highlight reel, coolest pictures you could post to yourself. This is before like people could edit photos and go crazy with like the 10 photo photo dumps, all that stuff. And so like seeing like friends I had be like some of the first kids on Instagram with a million followers just off doing something funny or doing something cool or having like the best fashion sense. It was like, oh man, like there's something here. And so that was, it was fun to be able to say that we were a part of that like first ever upflow of like, I don't know, the pave, the road hadn't been paved. It was like really up to everyone online to build the communities and pave that for like the future, which then transpired into TikTok and like has built worlds around worlds around worlds and social. And with that said, like, I think the hardest part as things began to evolve was that there was no clear place for people to say like a brand, let's say for brands to say, hey, um, influencer, I really love your community. I love your following. I love everything you're doing. You're already wearing my product or wearing my brand. How about we make this into a more long term thing? Is that where your mind was like, hey, I, I need to create something to shift that? Or was it just yeah. like organic? Uh, okay, so that like. That came a little later. So with that, like taking a step back in the, that beginning of like the Instagram boom and like the creator era that came out there for like, I was really young, like 
17, 18, 19. This is like 20, I don't know, 2019 or so. Um, there were 2016, 2017, 2018, all that era. So I had my brand and I was making all these products and like shipping like thousands of things out of like literally out of my basement. Like my friends and I would like package stuff. We learned how to run e-commerce. We learned how to like build a world and build a brand. And like that was like the entrepreneurial journey as everyone calls it. It was really just like the most fun we were having as teenagers uh, was being able to make stuff and actually like it sell online. And like we could just put out a hundred hoodies or a hundred this, a hundred that put out like I we did like zine books, teaching people like younger kids how to make brands and like all that stuff and things would just sell. And so with that, I was like, oh my gosh, we need to promote stuff. And so I didn't know like paid ads. I didn't understand that yet. I hadn't really been through that like PR advertising marketing university experience that I now have. And so it's like, what are we going to do? Boom, social, it's all we knew. And so it's like, okay, if you have a brand, you can go out and then you can get someone with a million followers to wear it and post about it now. And then they tag it. Now the brand page has all these followers and like there's more eyeballs. And so we're like, why don't we just take all our friends and put them in hoodies we make, like my friend group and I. And it's like, absolutely. We love taking photos. We love graphic design. We love all that. So like building that brand identity on social was like, it just became native because it's all we knew. And there was no how-to manual, right? There's like a few friends of mine from that age and that time period also went on to make fantastic brands, brands that are grossing millions of dollars of revenue that like now that we've gotten older and people have the business acumen, like once you plug that in, it just like flows really well. And like, I got to see not only myself and my crew, but crews around me, friend groups around me building like empires through online. And it's like, okay, there's more money here than anyone could ever imagine in like an internship or anything of that caliber. And so it was really just like build stuff, put it online, put it on friends, friends take photos, cool stuff. Everyone wears it just grow like that. And so there were like pyramids that were being built from like, hey, we have a group of people that we know that want to be a part of a brand identity. Okay, build the brand identity, shift that up. Now more people see it, more people see it, more people see it, more people see it. And it was just happening online. And these were in like smaller micro pockets, but like realistically we were able to fund, you know, world travels and be able to go any place we wanted, meet all these people. And that's where like my head was at was like, okay, generate revenue, invest it back into the business A and then back into ourselves B. And so like that was where I was able to travel like, quite literally everywhere I ever wanted to meet all these people in real life. Cause that was where I always knew it would be at. It was like, okay, we need to be friends in real life because we need to build these long-term relationships because one day it's going to scale up. And that led me to Los Angeles um, where I met Dylan Duke, who CEO of Gluey, one of my best, best friends ever. And him and I were like sitting there and it's, we were working and living. Uh, he was living at the time with a friend that had multiple millions of followers and like brands are reaching out organically. Right. And like, everyone we knew just became like masters of the email. And it's like, okay, hey, this brand hit me up because they want to do something for 10 grand. Someone wants to do something for 20 grand. Brands are throwing all this money and it was numbers that I had never even thought to imagine for an Instagram post. And it's all happening on email or like maybe through a manager or like your CAAs, your RCAs, those big firms that went out and like hired like Justin Bieber and stuff, right? Like all those talent agencies were coming in and swooping kids up. And that's when the agency world picked up the influencer world and then there was representation. And that's when all of that was like really trickling in. But at the same time, a lot of this was happening just behind the scenes on email. And no one knew about like when something was a paid ad. This is like almost before you could tag brands. Um, and so like that in itself, there was a lot of pain points that we saw where it's like, oh, we just do this organically. But a brand that doesn't do this organically, like an enterprise level organization and like, you know, the household brands that everyone loves and knows when they hit you up, it's like, oh, my God. A brand that I grew up loving just emailed me to post something on my feed, wearing their stuff and tagging them for like money. That was like so new. And so with that came a lot of pain points. And with those pain points as like natural problem solvers and just like, I don't know, the holy Gen Z concept of like, we can figure anything out. We just looked at all that. We're like, ah, oh, there's a lot wrong here. Like this is unorganized. It isn't scalable. It isn't structurable. Like everything from how brands were sending contracts. Okay, you have a 17-year-old reading a contract and it's 18 pages long. In there, kids were getting roped into like non-exclusive deals and licensing rights that they didn't know about. And a lot of it was like, there was such lack of transparency and it felt like people were just kind of using creators for like to cheat the method and go straight to the audience themselves rather than incorporating creators into brands and like really building them into the brand story. And so with that transpired 100 million ideas uh, many of which stuck and many of which we've ran with to this point. But yeah, like it was a lot of that time that allowed us to say, hey, look, this is not optimized for the everyday creator. This is not optimized for creators wanting to start out. This is not something that is going to be taken by storm as influencer marketing, the creator economy, the social economy, all of those continue to grow with such velocity. So that's where we saw the pain point. And 
you know, we've set forth over the past couple of years to solve exactly that and a plethora of others. And that was able to, you know, put us where we're at. So you, you and Dylan met while in LA, what was the, if you can share, what was the moment where you guys took that feeling and idea and that like shared experience and said, we're going to do this? Because a lot of the times, you know, we all sit around with our friends and we say, I can fix a, a host of things. But there's a difference when two people say, we're going to sit down, iron out all the details and act. Upon yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, I, I'm laughing because like from those days to like the now days, like and myself our whole friend we've had so much fun like i think everyone always asks oh my gosh how is this like how's everything going and i think like if someone were to ask a traditional person that just like has a job working you know in marketing or something so like, oh how's your job they're like, oh it's cool it's whatever like you know we're progressing and stats yada yada and like my response is always like oh my god it's so much fun and that's just because of like the storyline that we've built and like oh like hundreds of thousands of amazing stories that i could go on for literally days and months about but like it was back in that day. So I was doing beyond like having my brand. I, I had launched uh, an array of e-commerce websites that did extremely well. And they were all ran in like a very remote fashion done through like the beginning phases of automation um, through you, a platform. Still shipping from like your basement or wherever you were at the time. A little. So it was all uh, it was all there was distribution centers. Um, we were building brands out of thin air. And so we took everything we learned from the original branding days and kind of copied and pasted it over. This is like during my um, my time in college. And so we learned automation. Friends of ours had built scaling platforms that uh, were incredible. And so I actually had the ability to teach, like I probably taught like over 120, 130 friends just how to build e-commerce sites and scale them up and like join into like what we were doing because it was so much fun and everyone I knew in marketing, I was like, guys, like, why don't you just do this? And like, we were doing so well with it. And so like, I was out in LA working on like a couple of different projects and like staying with that crew and teaching them like just a lot of the e-commerce stuff. And Dylan's like, Oh yeah. Like what if we use influencers for this? I was like, Oh, that's super brilliant. And then he said to me, he's like, I really want to create like a technology platform that can really solve for this. And this was like way back in the day. And I was like, Oh, that's such a sick idea. Um, and he had a lot of foundation built up for like what it could be and what like the intent was going to be like in launch. But we were so young at the time where I was like, Oh, that's a sick idea. And then we had a million other ideas coming on the table. So it's like, oh my God, we're going to do this and do this and do this and do this. And it kind of felt like every month was a new project. Uh, and then fast forward to the end of my senior years when uh, like the pandemic was beginning and we'd gotten the email at school where it's like, hey, senior year is cut off. No one knows what's going on. You got to go like spring break starts tomorrow. And, uh, you know, spring break is forever. Like don't come back from spring break, gear up and like go home or you know, we're not going back to school, all this stuff. And so I was on like my roof of my like apartment in Chicago. Um, and I was like, just calling around like friends in New York, friends in LA, friends all over like the world, basically just saying hi, asking if like they had heard anything more than like the one email I got. Cause I didn't really know what was going on, nor did anybody. And I talked to Dylan, I was like, what's going on? You guys staying in LA? And he's like, no, I'm actually like, I want to go down to Tampa. I have a few friends there and it's warm and like everything else. Um, and I really want to start working on like building that platform out. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. He's like, yeah, you want to come down? I was like, yeah, absolutely. And so the next morning I was on a plane, like I literally threw all my stuff in my duffel bag. Uh, I got the next flight out and I was like, oh, cool, let's do it. And so I went down there and he's like, yeah, like let's hit the ground running. And so uh, that began like the, I guess, incubation stages of everything. And, and Dylan did a great job with foundation and understanding exactly what we wanted to do long-term. Uh, and then we figured out everything technology like we didn't know how to build an app we didn't know how to build web platforms we didn't know how to scale things in a technological sense and back end and front ends and uis and all this stuff so we just hit the ground on a learning play and a lot of it was building everything out and then many many months of talking to people meeting different people in tech um in our area that we could just through like different people we knew asking around like hey who knows someone who knows someone that can teach us this and then from there we we stayed and we spent a lot of time on that first iteration phase, which took a couple months to learn and, and get a prototype out. Uh, and then from there, just kind of went through to like our beta and we built a team and it was a very small team. And Dylan and I worked in like this tiny little incubation office where we'd have our backs to each other because like the office was only like six feet wide and it was like in a hallway. Um, and it was like had like carpet on the ground. It was really funny. And it was like the paintings around us and stuff it was just the easiest thing we could get our hands on to like have a desk and literally like a rolly chair that's fun because that's like all we wanted and a monitor uh and then from there we just scaled up endlessly and we've had the 
the ability and the trust in others around us from all teams, literally globally, um, to, to get to a point where, you know, we have 40 people at the organization now. And so there were many moments in the beginning where it's like, how do we do this? We're like, we have no clue. Right. And then we used to say, like, let's just learn. Like, let's just figure it out. There's more to learn. There's more to do. Like, there's never a time where we need to be off our computers, right? There's so much to learn. There's like endless hundreds of hours of tutorials that we need to figure out. And like acumen we needed to know and just like policies and procedures, different things in technology. And it was like a super fun ride into like the open source academia that exists not only online, but through social media. And so like we turned the gears back to like everyone we once look up to and kind of reinvented that. We looked at like, how did people build, you know, virtual blow how did he bill go from pyrex uh to off-white to lv and there's like all these stepping stones that go into it i'm not saying that what we built is equal because we're technology and that's fashion but um yeah there's like a lot of parallels to anyone building something great and everyone just started out with a phase of not knowing and figuring it out well you know similar to some of the conversations you and i've had in the, in the past like you've built a really agile tool you know agile from the sense mm-hmm. of like the internal um, and how you guys run your your business, but also it's so easy to use for any brand to go on, look through, see all of these incredible creators, and actually transact a deal. It's it's honestly very easy. You know, you could mm-hmm. set anyone down like at a computer or on their phone as they're on the go grabbing coffee, and actually you know set something up to get those ball to get the ball rolling and see how your brand can you know um, grow through uh, another or new community. So I think, oh, sorry. So I think that's actually really, really powerful. I think you're also unbelievably modest because you just got Forbes uh, 30 under 30 and you're honestly only thinking about what's next and what's more and what's the next step for your business. Like how did that feel? But also what is next? That's a really fun question. Uh, It was, I don't know. It was like, it was cool. It was, I didn't know, right? Like uh, a friend of mine in New York, she, I was there working on stuff over the summer and she like said to me, she's like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I can get you connected with like the people and you can, you know, go through meeting them and all this stuff. And I'm like, why? Like, I don't know. I remember saying to her, I was like, what? No, we're not ready for that. Like, we're so new and so young. Like, I don't know, I just turned 24 at this point. And I was like, uh, sure, I guess. And so chit chat, I met a lot of people and just kind of like got our foot in the door. And then like, yeah, that was it. Like, we just kind of, made ourselves known to that community uh, just really quick. And then through time, like um, Dylan and I both write for Forbes, just like as something to do. Like we, Forbes likes the concept of influencer marketing and, and us having uh, the ability to share insight in an analytical, both quantitative and qualitative form. And so it's like, oh, cool. Like they, you know, they know we exist. We contribute. Uh, we're part of that. And so, yeah, last two, two Tuesdays ago, I was just like, I literally sat in my car. It was like 8.30 in the morning. I was driving to our office. And like, I got a text from my friend in New York and she was like, OMG, like off caps, oh my gosh, uh, congrats. And I like look at the phone, I'm like, uh, good morning, what's going on? Congrats for what? And she said, the list came out. And I was like, the list? What? What's go-? I was like, are you texting the wrong person? Right? Like I'm trying to go get coffee. And she was like, she sent me a screenshot. And I like look at it, it says 430, photo of Dylan and myself, left to right. And I look at it, I'm like, what? Like, no, what? No way. And so I did go on Google and I type in like Forbes 30 under 30. And then I type in our names and I see it pop up. And I was like, oh my God, I dropped my phone and it like landed in between my, my two feet. And like, I like reached down, I almost hit my head on the steering wheel. I grabbed my phone and I like literally FaceTime my mom. And I was like, yeah, mom. And she's like, what's up? And I was like, I have something crazy. And she's like, what is crazy? And I was like, I think me and Dylan just made the 30 under 30. And she's like, the what? And I was like, I don't know. I'm going to send you a link. Does this link work on your computer? And she sent it to me and then she clicks it and she goes, oh my gosh. And I was like, is it real? And she's like, I think so. And I was just like sitting in my car and I still wanted coffee. So I drove to the coffee shop and I'm like sitting there and like other people like marketing, advertising people start texting me. I didn't. So I, maybe it's a holiday that this list comes out and people know about it beats me. It had beaten me in, in the meantime. And I'm like at the coffee shop and I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And so I call my grandma, like all that fun stuff. I like send it to a few of my friends. I'm like, oh my goodness. And so I came to the office and, you know, I'm just email, 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 like the, the Forbes introduction email, like, Hey, congrats. You did it. Uh, all that stuff. So it felt really cool. Like it was just like, I don't know. I mean, it's just, yeah, it is like th- definitely the coolest thing at, like in like, the history and timeline of things, especially to be 24 years old. Like I think that it really, for me was like a, a point of validation. Like I spent like every single, like when I say every single, I mean like every single free night I had at school 
in the library from like the minute I got out of class, like 6 p.m., boom, go get food, library. And like there was this joke, people used to call me like, people would see me out and they're like, oh my God, it's like, the, you know, you're the kid in the library. Because I'll go on the, we had like five floor library. I go on the first floor, they had the 28 inch IMAX, the same ones I used to use in high school from that earlier story. And I would stand, I wouldn't even sit at the table. I would stand at the at that tall IMAX, right? And I would just do, I would just like learn. And like I did the same thing I did in high school, but all through college, every night until two in the morning when the library would close, I would get better at Photoshop, get a better illustrator, learn how to do this, learn how to do that, crank out my homework. I had so much fun doing work, like excelling in that experience and just learning and soaking all this information in. And like I was so passionate about both PR advertising or the three of them and marketing and like how I could really inject what I knew. And I knew something so new, like the experience we had influencer marketing wasn't at the agency level yet. And it wasn't taught. At, in academia or in the university experience it was like something that they had heard about and it was always just something so native to us and so i always knew that like you know immense amount of learning like everything i learned from the ad world it was like okay an ad at home ad right in that ad buying experience actually translates perfectly to influencer marketing and i always saw how in the future influencer marketing would just be another form another piece of the pie in the distribution um and so yeah it was really cool like it was very like i don't know fun experience right like seeing our face near that name and, and all that stuff. Um, so it was cool. I sent it to like all my professors, sent it to my family, sent it to everyone we work with, uh, like a lot of cool cheers and posted on Instagram and all that jazz. So it was fun. Like it was, but like we always say, it's like another step in the process. Like you can't lose sleep over it. You can't, you know, I can't spend more than like an hour or two hours looking at it. And like, you know, I thanked everybody and we're just moving on to the next thing. It's like, okay, we have a platform to build. We have more users. We have Q1 23 goals. We have all of 23 goals. Like, that's just, it's just a cool thing to say we did this year, but like, I can't put myself on a pedestal or anything like that. Like there's so many incredible people on that list and, and all around the board. And so it's up to us to continue what we're doing and like take the trajectory and velocity that we've grown over the duration of this year that got us to that point and say like, Hey, look, we worked, you know, our butts off. We worked 15 hours a day. Like I, we would literally like my eyes would hurt so much over the duration of this year. So I'd go home from like 12 hours in the office get home, I'm eating dinner and I'm opening the laptop and we're doing more work. And it's just like all those small incremental moments of like love and true passion for what we were building and like the team that we built, like all those things come together and, and to be, you know, noticed and um, acknowledged at that level is it's, it's pride that I still haven't like let sink in yet. And so I still listen to, I, I listen to a few like the albums uh, like Drake or Lord or Lana Del Rey albums that I used to listen to when I was first building stuff in, in my, my high school little, little bedroom on my home iMac computer. So I re-listened to those uh, last week and, you know, shed a little tear of, of self-acknowledgement and, uh, and happiness. And, you know, we rock, we roll, we move on, we build and we get bigger and better. Um, thank you really for sharing that. I think I was um, mentioning to a friend a week or two ago, like the, your first time that like you're recognized, right? There's some sort of article, podcast, some sort of like exterior validation feels incredible. But when you're building a business, you maybe spend a few minutes doing what you did. You let your mm -hmm. family, you FaceTime your mom, you, you let, you know, you thank everyone involved. But realistically, it's really just fuel for you to get to the next thing. Cause you know that there's like 50 other things on your list. You know, it's all, I think perception's fun, right? It's like to be able to, you know, we, we grew from a team of like a couple up to 40. We launched a platform. We got 30,000 downloads first year, 10,000 users, like 500 brands on our platform, thousands of campaigns. Like those things just happen. And like, it's the work we do as an organization from engineering um, all the way through to like leadership and finance and backend and, and marketing and sales and PR and HR, like it's, it's the whole team that allows for us to say like, yeah, we really did this. Uh, and I think that that in itself is way more like that makes me happier and being able to share this experience with the others on the team, not just like the cool notoriety, but like the experience in itself and like the jokes we've had and the moments we've had and like the hardship, the ebbs and the flows, the ups, the downs, like the minor failures and the big successes and everything in between like that to me is what this ride consists of compared to like oh cool we got on some list uh and so like i'm endlessly thankful for what we've done and so i think that it's just perception right it's like if you let that you know i can't get all like cocky and cool yeah, i can't let that like change me right like i i looked at that and i was like i was like shit we have to work so much more now right like we 
how can we go from 12 to 15 hours a day? How can we make those 15 hours even better? How are we, I looked at the stats that, that Forbes had presented and I was like, next year, triple those, right? Like, okay, those are out in the world. Boom, like three, four X those. What are we going to do to keep that going? And so, I don't know, it's, it's just fuel for, for the rocket and, and all that stuff. So with, um, with our conversation about like fuel and momentum and what's in the tank, what are you doing to take care of yourself? Because if you're going 15 hours a day, I'm sure that maybe you're going maybe a little bit longer because most of us can't put that phone down late at night, whether you're like ideating, clearing through email, or just like looking at what else is in the marketplace. So my question for you very directly is like, what are you doing about self-care? How are you addressing it? Uh, that's a fun one. And it's like, it's such a open, like there's so many avenues to go at. Like, I think that taking it all the way back to like the beginning of the conversation, right. And speaking on like the concept of being an only child and, and having a lot of free time and the ability to really like experiment. I think that like what goes into that, especially for me was like this concept that, and this is something I learned really, really young is that like, okay, in the beginning of the day, every morning and every single night, it's like, it's just me. Right. It's just me laying there. It's just me with my thoughts. It's just me hanging out, like thinking of what I can do to like progress my life and, and the world around me and the world in general. And so I think that with that, I learned a lot about like the value of self and the value of like friendship with self. Uh, and I think that, you know, when I was 15, 16, spending an immense amount of time writing and uh, experimenting with like how I can express my thoughts interpersonally, a lot of it was like in writing form. Um, and so I had learned a lot about myself and like had built a narrative around that. And so like, I became very much like my best friend, right? Like my own best friend. And I think that I learned a lot about like that concept of like, okay, cool. At the end of the day, it really is you, you know, like you got to do it. You got to make something happen. Cause if you don't do it, no one, else, you don't have a babysitter. You know, I, don't, I don't have people around me pushing me to do this. I got people excited when I do stuff, but like there was nothing that anything pushed it forward besides me. Uh, and so I think that that's a big thing that I've carried with me like through it all, right? Like the, the highest of the highs, the lowest of the lows, the best moments, the worst moments, the saddest, the happiest, all that, like some of those are shared with people around me, but at the end of the day, like the number one person they're shared with is me. And so being able to understand that, um, cope with that, bounce back if I need to, like really be hyped up if I need to, like experience moments of cheer and happiness. It all happens like literally with me. And I think that that's like my my first step of self-care is ensuring that like that internal me is stable, is healthy, is cool, is like really stoked on what's going on. Um, I probably say the word like, or the phrase, hell yeah, like 20 times a day. I say, let's go like 15 times a day. Like I have this this correlation of like moments that I'm so happy uh, and even when I like, I rarely get unhappy, right? Like if I get a little frustrated or whatever, I have too much work on my plate. I'm like, ah, what's going on? And then I just take a minute to breathe, right? Okay, cool. Let's look at everything. Let's evaluate. Let's find the best path for execution on these tasks. Let's put it in a, like a flow and write it all down. I write stuff down on paper. And when it's done, check it off, clean my room. Like, you know, just kind of reset what it means to be me and ensure that like, okay, cool. Like things can be happening. There can be a wildfire at work or there can be like personal stuff going on in personal life, right? And then it's like, okay, cool. At the end of the day, allow yourself to just sit back and be like, word, it's just me, right? And like, how am I doing, right? And it sounds a little selfish when I say it out loud, but it's like that ensuring that there is full safety, security, um, health, clarity of mind, all of that with oneself. That's how, that, that's where I rock. And so I'm really good at that. And I think that I try to express that to friends. It's like, if you're not your own best friend, how is someone else going to be your best friend? You know, so that's my idea of self-care um, at its core. And then like fun things, right? Like drink a gallon of water a day. I used to do that every day, um, kind of stopped. Uh, I have like a crazy skincare routine morning and night because I love doing it. I love routine stuff, right? I love being able to say like eight step process, boom, do it in four minutes, check it off the list. Boom, I'm clean. I'm happy. I'm like laying in bed. I'm all like, woohoo, right? Um, so it's different things like that, that like, that get me stoked. Hanging out with my friends gets me super hyped. Like my real, like my... I have like so many different friend groups and circles of friends, like quite literally, I was joking this morning, I have like a couple, like 1,000, 2,000 friends, but I have like a hundred or so best friends, like my real, real best friends, spending time with them. And, you know, these are people that work in different industries, different sectors, all different forms of the manner. And like, we just hang out and chill. Like we don't do work stuff. We're not grinding on the computer. Like we just hang out back home. I like go drive around. I go visit my favorite spots. I like go to my favorite coffee shop or go to like this rock that overlooks the ocean. And like, go do these things that I, you know, once loved. And it reminds me of like where, 
we all came from and, and how far we can go. And like, there's those moments that happen. Luckily for me, like literally all over the world, because I've traveled so much that I can go somewhere and any city I'm in, I have like these little areas that I can go and just sit down like on the same bench every time I'm there and be like, woohoo, right? It's been like a year since I've been in the city or like a year since I've been here and like sit back down and just kind of reflect and look at like, all right, we're one year ago when I sat here, what was I thinking about? What were my goals? What was my mission? What was I stressed about? What was I happy about? And then you look like a year later or, you know, any eclipse period of time later and it's like, oh, word, look how much like I've grown. And it, it's just things like that. You know, I, I look back on that 16-year-old self that I once had and, and the goals and dreams that like 16-year-old me had. And like, I always wish that I could go like, you know, pat that person on the back and be like, keep going. Because like, it gets way more fun from here, which it has. So with that, I think we have so much to unpack. Number one, tell us about this uh, eight-step skincare routine. Like any favorite products? Oh, man. You, you want to go morning or night? Oh, let's start with morning. All right, so something. I'm gonna get you a link. Um, this gentleman I work with here, he was like, I have the best, best skincare. I'm gonna pull it up right now. He's like, I have the best uh, con like stuff for your face. So I wash my face with that. I used to do um, a survey to wash the face, and then I kind of like leveled up out of that. And then from there, what I do is I'll do, I brush my teeth. I wear my retainer every night ever since I got my braces off when I was 16 because it like feels like home for me. And so, um, so take those out, clean that, go through all that motion. I brush my teeth for a couple of minutes. I use like the mouthwash, which is like super fun because it's like all minty and I breathe it in. I feel like I'm crazy. So uh, Epionce, I'll show it in the camera here. Epionce, this is my one to eight. Epionce See? to begin. So yeah. this, this starts my morning, uh, morning and night. So it's a purifying wash. It's like minty. And like, I put it on it, like my face, like kind of feels all minty. It's so nice. I used to do the Panoxyl, but what it actually does since I live in Florida and I go outside a lot, Panoxyl like makes you really like open to, to sunburns. And so I didn't really like that too much. Um, then once that dries off, I like hand pat it dry. And then I start, I go for like a, a vitamin serum, which is a survey like serum. And it comes in this like weird metallic thing. So I put that on my cheeks, I rub it all in. And that gets me a little bit like shiny. I don't know. It's just good for your skin. And then I go for, um, my eye cream, I do La Roche-Posay, who a friend of mine put me on to last year, super, super solid. I put it under the eyes, and I actually learned um, through a very close friend of mine that if you use your middle finger to rub stuff in on your eyes, your middle finger, the top of it has, like, the lightest uh, pressure. So it's, like, really good to remove, like, any wrinkles or any of that stuff. So I put that on, close my eye, rub that around. Um, that's pretty solid. And then from there, once I move to the right, I go for, since we're going for morning, uh, the CeraVe, like it's a SPF moisturizer. Uh, and it adds a little like whiteness to my face because it is that sunscreen, but it's SPF 15. And I just like throw that on and, and that keeps me from um, sunburns on the face, which as I've heard can turn into wrinkles as I get older, I'm not trying to go for that. So I do that. And then as we go into the night, the only thing that changes um, is that I go for my nightly exfoliating treatment, which is like this tube. Uh, and it's just like, I don't know, it's just a step in the middle before the moisturizer. I put that on, that's from Saturday. And then instead of the AM, I do the PM in the night. Nice, 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 nice. So really active, lots of steps, but easy to follow. So if anyone's listening and you want to try it out, please do. Um, yeah. Wait, I want to add something in there, like on the yeah. step thing. I had no clue about the skincare until last year. Like I went all through college my whole life, no skincare. I never even knew it existed. I knew that it like was a thing, but I didn't know how to use it. And then I got put on like a year and a half ago and I was like, yo, this is solid, right? Like it's good for my skin. Like, I don't know. It makes me feel nice. I love routine. Like I said, so yeah, I do that every morning, every night when I travel, I have it actually, hold up. Let's see here. Oh no, I didn't into my car, but I'm flying tonight. So I actually brought it, like I bring it everywhere. Uh, and it's just like, I don't know, it's a part of me now. And so like to have, to figure out a multi-step process that you like. And then what I do is I put them left to right on my countertop. So I know right? Exactly which ones to do in what order. And like, you know, after a couple of weeks, right? If someone's listening and they're like, ah, heavy process, like a lot of different steps. Like, yeah, it sounds daunting, but it's like five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night. You can put them left to right. So you know which one to do in what order. And like, you feel better. And if you feel better, you look good, you act good. It just, it goes into that aura that you give off and, and that you have. And so I don't know. I love it. I also love the fact that like you've structured it for yourself, but it's also so easy to follow. You know, like a lot of the times we all have like maybe our morning or night. I think my nighttime routine is just a bit longer than my morning routine. However, 
I feel great going to bed and I feel like I'm like, my day is done. Like, don't you feel like so complete once you've oh, yeah. done all those steps? And I put the, um, what is it? Like, not Vaseline. Like I put, it's like lip balm cream. I don't even know what brand I use. I just have like a bunch of them. And I put that on at night and I just like rub it in. And then like, I lay in bed like this with my hands crossed and my legs crossed. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And then I start thinking, I'm like, damn, good ass day. Like that was the best day ever. Every single night I say that was the best day ever. And then I wake up in the morning and I do my skincare, I, like listen to some fun music, right? Like dance around my bathroom real quick. And I'm just like, yep, gonna have a crazy ass day. Like, let's go. And I just like get all hyped up. And then that's like my quick moment of like, I don't know, just getting ready for the day. And then like, once I do that, I end up having like, just these like crazy good, productive, fun, super cheerful, super energetic days. Cause like, I just, you know, that's what I do. And then at night I do it and I do a cool down. I get excited that I had a good day. I get excited for the next fun day. And it's just a constant cycle of just like the best days ever. So you're like an unbelievably, unbelievably positive person. You're always looking for like, what's going to be the next move, the best move and something that'll be good for everyone, right? Like a happy, like a, a win-win. And my question really rolls down to how, what do you do when you're not having the best day ever? There has to be a day where it's like Christian Brown is pissed off. It's not happening for him. So uh, turn, that, turn that around. Uh, I'm thinking, hold on. You know, it's crazy. I'm thinking about when I had a bad day. That's, that's the harder part to think about. Once I can like think of when I had a bad day, I can probably figure this one out. I had like, had, like no, I, had two, I had two, I had two bad days this year back to back days. Uh, I got like really stressed out, like some, some, it was just like life, right? And, like it built up and it really, really stressed me out. And so, um, I just like took it and I was like, shit, there was a lot going on. And so I ended up like call my mom, right? Like chit chat with her. And then I call like my two, two or three of my best friends from home. And I was like, it's like lay, I lay all the cards on the table, every single piece of information, give it. And then it's like, what do I do? Right. And then it's just like hearing perspectives. And like, once you share by bottling everything up inside of you and like trying to figure it out yourself sometimes isn't the best, even though like self is so important because sometimes you have emotion that gets attached to different portions of what could cause that negativity or that bad day. And so like to lay all the cards on the table face up and identify and really speak what's going on and share that with others, you can get that perspective that isn't like latched on to love or latched on to work or latch on to this or latched on to that. And so, yeah, laying all the cards on the table face up and being like, yo, here's what's going on. How do you guys view this? What do you guys, guys and gals, what do you think is the best course of action here? And so kind of working as a team, like a real, I have a really, really close, very tight inner circle. Um, and so all of us together, working as a team we kind of build these roads for each other like okay this is the best path like we all kind of like vote on like hey this is what we think is good and like you know then i phone my mom and i'm like yo here's here's the plan plan policy procedure here's what we're going to do whether it's like you know i have to fly here i have to go here i have to see this person i have to do this and it's like yep everyone's on board boom and then it comes back to me and then it's like okay i know the clear path and what those around me and myself agree upon like okay cool it's like a team decision and then it kind of goes into like work mode where it's like must execute on that to get myself back to like a position of clear mind clear head clarity safety security and happiness and so then it's just working out the kinks and and looking at whether the road is physical right being like oh you need to go here and you need to do this or you need to talk to this person or it's like oh you need to figure this out or figure out a communication line with one person and solve that once you can do those things then you can start to see these like moments of whether it's disappointment or fear or upsetting or frustration, you can start to see them like kind of explode. Right. And like, there's that like charge around them and that freak out around them. And like, once you can get over that and, and just evaluate it and look at something for what it is without that emotional state behind it, you can be like, okay, cool. That's just how it is. It's like pretty A to B rather than A to Z. So yeah, I do a lot of that. Um, and it's just like figuring it out and then going back to that, like, okay, cool. There's no more freak out going on. There's no more stress. There's no more strain, et cetera. Now transition back into like happy self. And then once I can lock back into that, maybe go for a drive, listen to a certain playlist, like do all that stuff. I transition right back in. And then once I clock back in or like lock into that, that feeling of happiness and no stress, no charge, boom, I'm golden. So with that, like, um, and I think we spoke about this at some point, maybe yesterday, what would you say, especially for entrepreneurs that are thinking of starting their own app and maybe they have and they've experienced some level of like failure? 
And I'm going to preface it with saying a lot of the times as entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs, we tell ourselves, oh, I didn't accomplish X or I failed. I failed at Y, but it's not really failure. It might just be a setback. It might be something that you need to reposition. It might have actually been the best thing that ever happened to you because you now have the opportunity to correct anything that you now know was like the hindrance, the challenge or just that thing that was never going to work out. But mm -hmm. as you, a person who's like now developed this app, it's growing so quickly. You've um, transitioned from um, creator to now the driving seat of helping other creators be able to monetize their communities effectively. Like how do you balance or deal with failure? What would your recommendation when it comes around the idea of failure? Um, any, any tips or topics that you could like tap on there? Yeah, good one. Uh, like before we dive in, I want to say like in the beginning when you, you ask the question, it's like anyone building an app, like let's talk about failure for that. I think that we should generalize it for more like anyone that wants to do anything, any right. leap of faith in the entrepreneurial journey route, because I think that there's such a broad umbrella that that encompasses on a global scale compared to just technology builders and stuff like that. So looking at the grand global scale of, of entrepreneurship, of taking that leap, right? I think that the only, and, and this this is something that I've really thought of for a while. The only big moment of failure, because I think that that's such a loose, it's such a thrown around term. I don't, that's, yeah, that word's not, it's not, I don't agree that word's not, yeah, it's not my vocabulary, right? Like I don't use that word. I don't, like I haven't ever really used that word because like it's never been able to describe me. It's never been able to describe people around me. And like I would, it's super derogatory to like call anyone that, whatever. But anyways, the concept of, of failure and failing in my eyes is, wanting to do something innately like looking at yourself and like having this drive and being i want to do that i want to do something and not doing it i think that that is the biggest level and this might hit hard and i don't want anyone upset about this but like looking at something and looking at a future self that you might be and then being like i want to be this person i want to be that i want to do this i want to do that and then doing nothing to get there not even a, a lick, not even like one hour of work to try to learn how to get there. That is what I would imagine as like that concept of failure. And that's why it's not in my vocabulary. Cause like I am, you know, everything I live for is the opposite of that. It's like, you want to, you want to do something, right? I hear, let's talk about this one. I hear people all the time say, they're like, oh my gosh, like I want to do this. I want to do that. Like, I want to be like so-and-so I want to go out and win this. I want to do all that. And I always ask, it's like, all right, cool. Like what step are you at? how far into the game are you, right? Like what part of the journey are you at? And then maybe I can pick and plug or offer my assistance or like pat you on the back or try to help you any way I can. And some people just say like, oh, like, I, but I couldn't do that. And I'm like, what? And they're like, no, I just couldn't do that. And I look at it and I was like, who told you that? What, yeah. what, what like conditional learning got you to the point that that's where your head is at? And it's like, yes, you can dude. Like I did it. Everyone I know, like everyone that I've ever worked with, took a leap and that's why we work together like everyone in so many worlds took that leap and wanted to be great or wanted to be the next this or wanted to do the next that and they just went out and did it and i'm not saying everyone needs to like jump off what they're doing right now to like go do the entrepreneurial journey but i think that like if you don't ever try that feeling of failure and that concept that you never tried that's going to eat you alive way more than the story you get to tell to your friends to your family to future people you work with of the time that you tried and you gave it your all and you busted your ass and you really put that dedication in and you worked way more than nine to five and like you had that journey and maybe you lost money, maybe you made money, maybe the investment didn't work out, right? Like every incremental little piece of that story can set you up as an individual and as a thinker, as a learner, as a creative, as an entrepreneur, as insert literally anything, it'll set you up for the next stage of your life because you get to look at things so much differently. You get to look at like a big company. I look at a big company and like, I like, I want to clap, right? I meet people that work at a big company. I like commend them. I say, that is incredible. Like the fact that companies exist at a caliber of like a meta or an Instagram, you know, like thousands and thousands and thousands of employees There are people all around the world that work for these companies. And like, that is so commendable in so many ways because like those are all everything around us, right? Like every single thing from the monitor to this coffee, to my phone, to my case, to everything I'm looking at in my peripheral vision, everything is a brand, an identity, a tone, and at its core, an idea. And it didn't take one person, but it took a team and it took thinkers and hard workers and people that weren't af afraid of getting knocked down seven times up eight, right? It took all those people to get 
these products, these services, everything we use in the world to get them to a level of stability and a level of success. And like the only people I think that experience the failure side of that are the people that wanted to be the next this and wanted to be the next that, but they just didn't take that leap because someone told them they couldn't and they didn't have what it took to overcome that no, right? To overcome that you can't do this, you can't be that for X, Y, Z reason, or you came from this background or you're not built for that or you know, you're not a designer, you're not, I don't know, whatever it is, you're, you're not an entrepreneur. Like who the hell, who the hell are you to say that? You know, that's what I would say to someone else. Like so anyone can honestly put their mind to something and achieve it. It just takes that mm-hmm. action, that follow through. Like, yeah. I know people say, oh, I, I could never be an entrepreneur. Well, I'm sure every entrepreneur ever at some point thought, oh, I, I could never too, but it's just about following through. Yeah. And like, it's not this crazy, you know, entrepreneur is such a big word. And people like, A, it's so hard to spell. Let's put that on the table. Um, and B, like, it, it seems as if it's this daunting, you have to be Jeff Bezos. No, no, no. You have to literally go out and do something. And like, whatever that something is, it's what you like. You know, if you, if you rock with something, you want to make the next skincare, you want to make the next hoodie brand, you want to make the next pen, you want to make the next cool LaCroix, go do it. Go figure out what it takes to get there, right? Go fucking spend a whole lot of time learning. Because if you don't want to learn, you don't want to do. And if you don't want to do, you're never going to get anywhere. But like, there's a lot that goes into it. And a lot of it comes back to that. It's a self journey. Like it's a, it's, it can start as a one, two, three, five person journey. And who knows, it can go to and through the rest of your life. For sure. Um, I know we're coming up. I feel like this conversation can go on for forever, but I know we're coming up on the hour. Um, Christian, I'm just so glad that we were able to do this. I honestly always have enjoyed speaking to you. I feel like you're so animated. You're amped up. You're literally like a human version of the words, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> and- that, yeah that's sick. Thank you so much. <laughs> I might have to clip that one right there. That was cool. <laughs> for sure. And I, I really mean it. Like, I feel like what you're building with Glowy is incredible. For any of my friends in media, um, brand management, please check out Glowy. Use it as your next platform. I think it's incredible. Christian, follow him. Um, at the bottom of this, we're, of course, going to include all of the links and everything to reach Christian, the brand, and everything that he's doing. But um, before we wrap up, do you have, like, any final words, anything you want to share with our viewers slash listeners? I'd say, like, Yeah let's go. You know, I think everyone should look at that and be like, I, like I said, I say it almost every single morning. I'm like every day, let's go. Right. Or like, hell yeah. You just get amped up. And if you don't get amped up, I don't know. You know, that's, that's not good for yourself. So yeah. I mean, if you want to take that leap of faith, take that leap of faith. And if you need help, right. Like I'm always, 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 always open, whether you're in any industry or any age or any, you know, anything, any, anything at all. Right. If you want to reach out to me, ask questions, shoot me a message on LinkedIn. Um, probably don't email me cause I get a million of those, but yeah, like, you know, just reach out and use the people around you, take that leap of faith, do something that you're proud of. And always like at the end of the day, you're going to learn. And so if you're ready to learn, you're ready to work, you're ready to do, then, you know, you're ready for, for a journey of your own. And with that, thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of Finding Your Realm. It is always a pleasure having Christian on. I'll be sure to drop the links to all of his handles and ways to reach him. And seriously, guys, if or seriously, everyone, if you want to speak to Christian, just reach out. He's super open. As you've heard in the last hour, he's unbelievably honest. Um, and he's there to be a resource for everyone who wants to work and wants to change their life. So mm-hmm. thank you again. And Christian, it's been a pleasure. Cool, cool. Adios. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.